We're here this week's question and answer with Michael Chandler. How you doing? I'm great. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's great to get you here in the Keep Hammering Collective studio. Yeah, this has been uh, an experience, to say the least. So I can't wait for everybody to see it. It's going to be awesome. (laughs) Oh, we've had the best day. Yeah, it's been been a little over 24 hours. I feel like I've been here for a week. (laughs) We're packing a lot in. We're packing a lot in. I love it. (laughs) It's good. So we we made a post and was going to just put out there, anybody have any questions for you, hit me up. So... Here's a couple questions I'll go through coming in on Instagram. This one is from Herf Jones. If you got to add two more training partners to make this a four-person lift-run shoot, who would you add? Oh my gosh, that's a good. Uh, that's a good one. Uh, so. Man, uh, I am a. I'm a huge fan for, from a from a hard work and a dedication standpoint. The Rock, yeah. really cool. You, me, The Rock. Oh, that'd be sick. Um, and then. Uh, I'm tempted to add somebody who's a little bit out of the, almost like out of the, uh, the, the realm of what you think lift run shoot would be yeah. like somebody who probably can't do the run, somebody <laughs> who isn't good at lifting, somebody who's just there for comedic relief. Like Ron White. Yeah. yeah like, a, like a Ron White. Uh, but actually I, I will say Theo Vaughn. Oh, Theo Vaughn would be I awesome. But I don't say that to say that he wouldn't be able to do it. The dude's been getting after it in yeah. Nashville. He lives in Nashville, and I'll see him. He trains with my trainer in Nashville. So he's, really? he's been getting after it. He trains at my gym a little bit, too, does jujitsu and stuff. So oh. he wouldn't exactly be the can't-do-anything type of guy, right. but he would be a great comedic relief. So if we added oh. The Rock and Theo Vaughn, that'd be pretty great. He <laughs> Theo just seems like the nicest guy. He is the most down-to-earth, just sweet, sweet soul. Yeah. And just, I mean, his comedy is just... I know. It's so off the wall. Like he's just he makes up these words that are just you're like, dude, where did that even come? How does your brain even work that or, way? It's or hilarious. the stories he comes up with from I guess growing up. Growing up and yeah. part of the time you're like, is that a real story? Yeah, I know. How much are you embellishing? Right. Not quite sure. Either way, I'm entertained and I'm, I'm laughing my face off. You know, he went to dinner with Joe and I. We did the podcast with Rogan on the same day. Uh-huh. And then Joe said Hey, what are you doing later? You want to go to dinner with us? And Theo's like, I'll go. I mean, you guys probably won't call. I probably won't hear from you, but it's it's fine. I'm used to it. <laughs> and he was just like being, it seemed genuine, but yeah. the nicest guy. So, of course, he went with us, and he was awesome. He's, so, he's awesome. Yeah, love that guy. Um, okay, let's see. we got to get Iron Mike back to MSG to welcome Connor back. What do you think of that? Oh, my gosh. Uh Let's uh, let's talk about MSG. I am zero and three at MSG. Really, as of right now. Say Gaethje. Uh, Gaethje. Well, I lost to Brent Primus back in Bellator. Right. At MSG. Then uh, yeah, then Gaethje, my second or third fight in the UFC, and then mm-hmm. obviously Poirier, my last fight. But you know, I don't think the venue makes a, a difference. It's right. Just, it's more of just a, and I'm not superstitious, but yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, Connor at msg doesn't get much bigger than that so uh we definitely want to fight connor next but i don't care where it is so yeah oh that'd be that'd be a show yeah i mean especially yeah we, there's something diff there is something different about msg it's mm-hmm. it's uh it's big i mean quite frankly i think it does bring something out of you as a fighter that maybe is not that great for me because i just takes control oh. of me <laughs> it's incredible i mean i wouldn't know what it's like to perform there but just being there and walking in those hallowed halls basically yeah. and you walk through the hallways where the dressing rooms are and you see the photos of the stars who perform there and it's yeah. it's special it's crazy yeah and, and they even uh it was cool this last time too they had this long this long hallway there's a there's a photo of me and justin gaethje fighting 
in the hallway. Really? Yeah. I'm like, holy cow. You know, there's a guy, Rod Stewart and and oh. you know, Janet Jackson, and there's a picture of me and me That's and Justin Gaethje, right? And then, Whoa. but it's kind of the same thing. You think about warming up in the same locker rooms mm-hmm. as Muhammad Ali and Mike Tyson and all these guys, and it's just, it really is pretty crazy. Well, that fight with Gaethje, I mean, I can see why they've wanted to document it because that fight was, yeah, it was. Um, unlike anything I've ever seen as far as the excitement. And that was the first fight of the pay-per-view that kicked off the pay-per-view. And it was like, it's only downhill from here. Yeah. Because how do you get better than this? Well, and they, it, it was a very smart move by the UFC because there was a, there was another big boxing fight that night. Mm-hmm. I think it was Canelo. Oh, okay. Uh, Canelo. So I think uh, in order to secure pay-per-views, put announced two days before the fight yeah. that it's me and Justin Gaethje first. And I didn't even know. They didn't really? call me and say, hey, what do you think about fighting first? It was just like... Ariel Hawani or MMA Junkie popped up and said, hey, Chandler and Gaethje are the first fight. I'm like, all right, well, I guess we're going first, which I actually was kind of okay with because you got to fight no matter what, so you might as well just fight as early as possible. Get it out of the way. You don't have to be done at 2 a.m. Oh, man. Yeah, that's one thing about fighting back east there. It is late. Yeah, I didn't get out of the press conference till 1.30 last, you know, this last time. And it's, you know, it kind of just, you're not going to sleep anyway, but you'd rather at least be back at the hotel or hanging out with your friends and family before. Well, that was a crazy fight. Yeah. I mean, I think you landed, didn't you land a big uppercut on him? Which one was it? Was the big shot on him? Do you remember? Was it an uppercut? On uh, Gaethje. Gaethje. Well, yeah, it was the flying knee. Oh, okay, the flying yeah. knee that came up, and then he kind of got rocked, and I threw like three overhand rights in a row. There's oh. just like chased him, <laughs> chased him all the way across the octagon. Yes. Uh, you know, it was, yeah, it was just, it was oh, good. I mean, one of, those, one of those fights where you're just like, I lost. Mm-hmm. But I didn't really lose. Yeah. You know? Oh, so you put on a show. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's there's something to being a prize fighter, right? I mean, of course you're you're fighting for the prize, but also you're putting on a show. Yeah. And you guys did for yeah. sure. That was fun. Um, so next question. Let's see. Well, Oh, this is about weight cutting. We talked about this. So do you feel that we weight weight cutting should go away? What what would make the sport more fair regarding PEDs? Uh, so two part question. Yeah. I mean, we, uh, we had a lot of talks today on the, mm-hmm. on the drives and on the I know, mountains. I know. When, when I wasn't going, when I wasn't, you know, breathing, trying to breathe my last breaths on in the yeah. middle of the, uh, where we were able to actually have conversations, we were talking about some weight cutting and, and I did say weight, weight cutting is the hardest part yeah. and the most unfortunate part and the worst part about the sport. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I just had to train and I just had to do the workouts and I just had to, you know, just be disciplined, it kind of disciplined without the last 10 or 15 yeah, pounds, it would, it, would be, part. Yeah, it would be great. You know, the unhealthy part almost. Well, yeah, it's the suffering, you know, emotionally, but also mm-hmm. the, the biggest thing is just the long-term effects of, you know, dehydrating yourself or whatnot. But as far as it actually going away, I don't think you're ever going to see it go away. Yeah. You know, even if, you know, we, we talked about how one championship does their weight cutting mm-hmm. where it's, you know, a 155 pound weight class, all you have to make is 170 as long as you pass the hydration test. Right. And eventually you're going to have guys who are way too big for 155. They're pushing it either they're way. They're going to push it mm-hmm. and they're going to keep coming and they're going to do it. Um, but I do like the hydration test mm-hmm. um, thing, you know, where you get a maybe a 10-pound allowance and as long as you make that hydration test. The problem is it's, you know, these uh, old habits die hard, yeah. if you will. In in life, in general, in sport, mm-hmm. it, it takes a long time for these things to change. And Yeah. You know, unfortunately, until we see, you know, probably some really bad, some people falling out or people mm-hmm. even, God forbid, dying because of it, you know, yeah. like it's, 
it's it's gonna nothing's really gonna change and you know ultimately the older i get as i've said i want to fight my next fight at 170 <laughs> i want to fight connor at 170 he's big enough to fight 170 i would love yeah. that you know well then, you, yeah the uh i think that image of people jogging with like the trash can yeah or the what is the trash bag trash, liner trash bag, yeah. yeah so they're sweating that's like that's like part of the sport almost yeah you know? and it's and and to an extent it's uh to an extent it's healthy like mm -hmm. i mean it's it's fine as long as you don't overdo right. it. You know, I mean the drying out your organs. And, yeah. Mm -hmm. Cause cause the, the idea also too, is it's like, okay, Hey, I only have so much energy to put in during this one hour workout. Mm -hmm. I want to put on a pair of plastics or a sauna suit, trash bag, whatever you want to call it mm -hmm. to get my sweat going faster. It's not to go extreme to the extreme extreme. It's just to get it going faster because there's nothing worse than working out for 20, 30 minutes. And you're like, Holy cow. Not yeah. even sweating. Like right. What's going on? You yeah. Know? So you're almost going because it, it's just like anything. It's you know similar to a runner's high, right? Mm -hmm. You've had that runner's high. Um, you get that sweater's high, if you will. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm sweating. Okay, yeah. This is good. Yeah. I'm, it's Putting in come, work. It's going to come mm -hmm. off tonight, and it's going to this is going to be an easier one. Easy. So yeah. It's, it's almost measurable. That, re that reward. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Um, and as far as PEDs goes, I mean, at some point. What else can you do besides be governed by yeah. USADA? I mean, I, I think you you made a couple good points about not certain whether IV should be regulated like that, or you know, I mean, if everybody's getting the same IV to to hydrate, yeah. and then also maybe stem cells. You yeah. know, I mean, if there's a difference between performance enhancing and recovery enhancing, yeah, right. Well, yeah, and and, and to we are governed by USADA. I actually just. Uh, I have it on my phone, the mm -hmm. app where USADA knows I'm right here in Springfield, Oregon. Right? Okay. So like they, they know they can show up here and pop in and pop in and, and test me mm -hmm. whatever. So in order, I mean, I don't know what else you could do there, but it is a little bit overarching mm -hmm. here and there, you know, in old, and even, uh, you know, even me just having to second guess things like, you know, there are supplements here that aren't, aren't uh, right. NSF certified. So I'm like, well, I'm not going to drink now when. 99.9% .9 chance it's a hundred percent fine and it's clean, yeah. but I, you know, so that's unfortunate. Um, but then the, you know, the things like IVs, why wouldn't we be yeah. able to use IVs? Why wouldn't we be able to use stem cells or some of these other things that are not performance enhancing? You know, there's a bucket, right. there's a bucket of things you should not be using mm -hmm. steroids, testosterone, yeah. HGH, of course. Nobody's going to argue that. No one's right. going to argue that. But there's so many things that you could do for your human, the human body yeah. while you're already putting it through these crazy amounts of what we're doing yeah, to be able to just live longer so I can go play soccer with my kids yeah. in the front yard when I'm done fighting, you know, I think it needs to be discussed <clears throat> for sure. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, we talked about this. What's Chandler's walking around weight when he's not fighting. Yeah. Um, so I think, uh, it changes here and there, but for the most part, I mean, I, I easily get up above 180, um, mm -hmm. no matter what, you know, depending on, you know, after this last fight, as I said, I kind of banged up my foot ankle a little bit and banged mm -hmm. up my hand. So, you know, as I was saying, those are really just excuses for why I haven't worked <laughs> out. But just to, to be honest, I haven't worked out a ton holidays and just, yeah. wanna, you know, you, you we, we talked about this too. You go into robot mode for two, three months training for a fight. Yeah. You kind of just want to throw it all away. Turn and be like, it okay, off. let me just turn it off and let me feel a little bit lazy yeah. for a second. Let me, Let's let reset. me, yeah, let me feel what it feels like to 
eat the crap, drink the crap, not work out. And then all of a sudden you're like, okay, now I know what it feels like. Now I want to get back to being healthy yeah. again. Right. Back um, on the grind. I'm kind of, I've been going through that the last, uh, you know, six weeks or so. So I'm about 185 ish right now. Okay. You know, I touched up to 188, 190 yeah. here and there. Um, but I'm kind of getting back into it now. So I'm about 185. Yeah. And you, you mentioned you try to get maybe 10 off before you start the true camp and then you just got 20 to work with in your 10 week camp or what is yeah it? i usually do about a 12 week 12 week camp but the first four weeks is kind of don't don't go crazy into it but the first four mm. weeks is is starting to clean up the diet really starting to dial in the training yeah and then and then that's when it starts coming off a little bit as far as the weight goes mm-hmm. and then that that last eight weeks is balls to the wall training obviously and then also meal prep um calorie restricted diet and mm-hmm. all that stuff all part of the process. And then, yeah, and then that last 10, 15, 12 pounds is dehydration. Yeah, the fun stuff. The fun stuff. <laughs> so is a cam workout equivalent to an MMA workout? It's a great question. Uh, they are, I mean, obviously they're different, you know, but I think that's the beautiful thing about working out. You can you can take any any modality. You could take jumping rope, which seems pretty easy. You could take whatever, and mm-hmm. you can go to the extreme and it could you know, go till exhaustion, go till it breaks yeah. you, go till your calves fall off. Right. Yeah. So that's, that's a beautiful thing. I mean, obviously, yes, I saw Jesus about three times a day on <laughs> going up Pisgah. Uh, you know, I, uh, so, I mean, I always push myself on my MMA training. Um, this was different and it's not something that I do a ton. I'm not a, not a big time runner. Mm-hmm. Um, not to mention, you know, running with you and running up Pisgah or Spencer Butte. Those are awesome things to do. Um, but they definitely uh, took me to a place. That yeah. I, I knew I was going to end up going, but I didn't really want to go there. But I was kind of excited to go there. But the one, the one thing that was cool too, and this is kind of just an overarching theme in life, and I, it kind of hit me today. I was like, I was doing really well, and I was following behind you, and I know mm-hmm. you were, you were going at a pace that was probably friendly for me. <laughs> but I was at least, you know, I was watching your feet move, and I was watching my feet move, and I was like, okay, his feet are just going to keep moving, my feet are just going to keep moving, and then all of a sudden I took a break. Mm. And I realized after that, when I took a break and I stopped for a second, or at least started walking, mm-hmm. making whatever excuses we make as, as human <laughs> beings, uh, after that, my body basically started taking more breaks without my permission. Yeah. You know, like the first one, I was like, oh, I'm going to take a break. <sighs> and then after that, there was like two or three more times where my body just like slowed down and, right. and like started walking. I'm like, I didn't try to do this. This just <laughs> happened. So the moral of the story is keep on going, yeah. keep on hammering. Well, you, know? you did great. I mean, I, I don't know how you felt, but <laughs> I mean, you did great. Your body, you got your body up there. So, yeah. I, I got up there. Jumped was, up on the monument. So that well, was cool. That was cool. Well, that was the thing too. That was the, that was the, the dangling carrot. I'm like, I got to jump on this. Monument. I know. I got to jump oh, on this monument. And you did it. it and was, we did it a couple it times epic, too. Yeah. I was like, we, it actually didn't happen unless we jump on the monument. I got to jump That's on right. the monument. <laughs> and it didn't happen unless there was a picture or video of that. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You did awesome though. Um, Here's a good one, and I don't know how this this will be. I'll just throw it out there. But what do you consider the moment that shaped your mentality as an athlete? Great question. Um, there's a there was a couple different catalysts, and I could just go over maybe two, at least two, real quick. Number the first one, I was a walk on at the University of Missouri. I was, I was the hardest worker in the room, the coach's favorite wrestler. Mm-hmm team captain. I did every single thing right. God blessed me with some amazing abilities. I could have been a multiple time All-American. I could have been maybe even a national champion. Who knows? 
but I didn't give myself permission to win. I didn't give myself permission to be the best because between my ears, I didn't think that I truly deserved it. I would mm. tell the media, I would tell the coaches, I would tell you, mm. I'm going to be a national champ. I want to be an All-American, but I didn't truly believe it. I mm. had this cognitive dissonance of my actual belief not matching up with the reality of what I actually believed mm -hmm. or what I, what I actually said I wanted to happen. Right. I get done, I take fifth as a senior, and we're at the Savage Center in St. Louis, and I walk back to the back, and I take my singlet off. Uh, you know, everybody knows what a wrestling singlet looks mm -hmm. like. It's kind of got the, the two straps. I would take it off, and in that moment, this weight lifted off me, mm. and I thought, holy cow. In this moment was when I realized I underperformed so badly over these last five years because I didn't truly believe mm. that I could have been successful. That I could, that I should have been an All American, yeah. And in that moment, I made a promise to myself. Okay, Michael, you know you're going to move into mixed martial arts. Mm -hmm. Don't let that happen again. Mm -hmm. You know, you know what it feels like to fall short and it be over and have that regret. Right. You know. So that was kind of the first catalyst, and then the second catalyst was a couple of years later. I I got shot out of a cannon in mixed martial arts. I ended up becoming twelve and zero with like nine first round finishes. I'm ranked number five in the world or something like that. Mm -hmm. And then I lost that first fight to Eddie Alvarez. Uh, I wasn't ready to lose at all. I was not built up enough in my mind mm -hmm. to lose. Then I lost to Will Brooks. Will Brooks, again, I went 688 days without winning a fight. And in that three-fight light loss streak, almost two years of losing, I didn't... I made. I had to make some big time decisions between what was going on be between my ears because mm -hmm. I was building up my body and I was doing all the work and I right. was, you know, was just building up a bigger, faster, stronger, subpar version of me, mm -hmm. really, because I didn't truly believe it. So I really started taking ownership of my mm -hmm. mindset. So it was kind of those two things, realizing how badly I underperformed in college, mm -hmm. and it was mainly just mental. I didn't underwork. I yeah. didn't under train. I didn't under put the reps in. I just underbelieved. Yeah. And it's been a recurring theme in my life and I see it all over the place. And it's and it's not necessarily people's fault mm -hmm. because of the things that they've been through, but they can get better at it. Yeah. No, that's great points. I mean, and I think just verbalizing that, I think people do that and they don't realize it. Yeah. But I think, you know, you look yourself in the mirror and you can say the right things, but if you don't believe it, mm -hmm. it's going to be tough. I mean, there's that saying that, um, man's greatest regret is unfulfilled potential mm -hmm. is when you get to the end of this journey and you're laying there, just like your time with this, taking your singlet off and you, and you're like that sobering thought of, did I give all I truly give all I have? Yeah. Or did I say I was? Well, yeah. And nobody knows o only, you know? Yeah. Well, and um, the unfortunate thing too was I deserved based on the work ethic mm -hmm. and based on if coach said run through that wall, I, I would have done it yeah. and I would have left everybody in the dust. Mm -hmm. I was the prototypical just pupil, the the guy, the guy yeah. who deserved it. He did everything. So why wouldn't I deserve to believe that I, you know, it's just the mindset part of things and the falling short based mm -hmm. on your self image is it's a, such a tough thing to get over, but it can yeah. be, it can be conquered. Did your coaches tell you you were the best? They did. They did. They they told they they did and they they believed in me more than I believed in me. Mm -hmm. My training, you know, I uh I've been talked a lot about my past too with like Tyron Woodley I wrestled with who yeah. ended up becoming a UFC champion, Ben mm -hmm. Askren who ended up becoming a mixed martial arts fighter as well and multiple time world champion. Those were like my big brothers and they were like, "Michael, you can do this." Mm. And I'm like, "Oh yeah, for sure. For sure." But in my mind, 
It's like, no, you can't, dude. <laughs> oh, you can't. Oh. What do you, who do you think you are, dude? You're a little little guy from a little town who was taught to do little things. You know, yeah. And I'm still battling that guy. And right. it's okay for me to continue to battle him and never slay him. It's mm-hmm. like it, I, uh, I worked with a mindset coach named Jim Hensel, and he said, you know, sometimes we slay a dragon, mm-hmm. and sometimes we just get really good at pushing him into a corner. Yeah. Well, and I, it's, and that makes sense. Yeah. And, it, and it's okay to just push him into a corner and never slam because you also need to rely on continuing to get better and also mm-hmm. rely on God. Yeah. John Gordon said that to me one day. I said, you know, cause I was, we were talking and I said, yeah, I just can't wait to, I would just love it. Would love to just get rid of this little guy from the little town. Yeah. And he's like, but if you did, what would you need God for? Yeah. Right. And I'm like, it's true. Sometimes we just, we need these things in our lives mm-hmm. to continue to trust and to continue to have faith, you know? Yeah, no, that's true. And I mean, I think you've done a good job of almost embracing it now because you got walk on yeah. on your sweatshirt. That's almost like challenging that. Yeah, I did come up. I was a walk on. Yeah. And here I am. But still, there's we're still humans. We still yeah. have insecurities and we still have doubts. And no matter what we say or how we act, we know we're, we're battling with this. I think you verbalizing that. I mean, because people would look at you and think that you're you're bulletproof. For you know? sure. I mean, they would look, and they'd say, "Oh my God, why can't I be more like that guy?" So to hear that you're like us, you just overcome it and and fight it and um and not really embrace it, but just acknowledge that it's there. Mm-hmm. I think that's pretty powerful. Well, it is because when I think that I realized that a while ago too is that this is such a big part of my platform because it's such a common thread and it's a common problem and mm-hmm. it does it does. It does uh, lend itself to the to the masses. Everybody has something that they need to work on, or right. everybody everybody has these doubts and fears and insecurities. And to have those to, and to have those things is to be human. Mm-hmm. You know, we are prone to wander. And there and there's different seasons in life. There's seasons where you will feel bulletproof and everything is firing on all cylinders, and you have your breakthroughs and everything is going great. Then all of a sudden. Couple things happen, and all of a sudden you're down in the dumps, and you need to be pulled out of yeah. it. And you have to reach back and remember those things that you learned. Mm-hmm. Remember those practices that you had. Remember those those things that you did for me. What did I do in those 688 days? What did right. I do during this time of my life? What did I do? How did I feel in that greatest moment of regret when I was taking those straps of the singlet down? And, yeah. And you you look at you look back at your life and the mental highlight reel and the the, the chapters of your story to continue to remind yourself that you can continue to get better and continue to grow. Right. You've done it before. You can do it again. Yeah. Type thing. Yeah. Um, it's no different with bow hunting. It's been, sometimes I'll I'll be on a good run. Mm -hmm. I'll be successful and one tough hunt. And I'm like, how have I ever even killed anything with a bow? I mean, (laughs) it's, I, I'm not even good. And it's so funny. The average <laughs> bow hunter would be like, wait, what? Cameron Haynes thinks that? Yeah. That, that thought has actually gone through his mind. But it, it, it's but it's something so beautiful because I would never think that you would ever think that either. Yeah, Just like sure. other people would never think that I think maybe I don't think I'm that good at fighting. Or I don't think I'm, I mean, I fight in a cage for a living, but I still want to go home and like, curl up in a ball in a fetal position and have my wife hold me yeah. sometimes. Well, right. It's just like, do you have these moments? You're a human being. We are prone to wander. And that's, it's a beautiful thing, but also accepting that. And also even you verbalizing that you actually have that, mm-hmm. those kind of thoughts, even with your experience and with your massive amount of success mm-hmm. makes you human. Yeah. And I think people will say, well, how can they, over? how I've overcome it. So it's like, it doesn't seem fair because you can have years of 
success and everything's working like it's supposed to one failure and you're questioning everything. So then how, so I, to me, however, come that is, I just like, I got to get back to work. Yeah. And when you, when I'm back at work, putting the reps, putting the miles, shooting the arrows, I'm like, this is all I can do. Mm-hmm. All I can do is put in work, get better, overcome whatever happened. And so that makes me feel better. Yeah. Just that I'm out punching that time clock. Well, quitting, quitting doesn't help anything. No, for sure. That's what, uh, and even just, uh, even just getting back on the horse, you know, mm-hmm. like we've heard it a thousand times, getting back on the horse, you know, it's yeah. getting back to doing what you're doing and almost just you can't move past something unless you continue to engage in that mm-hmm. and then find your next success. I mean, yeah. that's the, that was the great thing about wrestling. If I lost a wrestling match on Wednesday, I'm most likely going to, I can get back in a win column on Saturday. Right. The problem with fighting is I might lose in January and not fight again until May, months. June. You don't have a, a win until then. So yeah. similar to that, it's like, Hey, well I can go climb that mountain. Yep. I can go shoot 60 arrows right now. Yeah. And there, and 58 of them are going to be right where I want them to be. And that's a very great success. And then yeah. you get back in the win column. And that's, right. I think we underestimate just getting back on the horse and just giving yourself, giving yourself the opportunity to win again mm-hmm. will make you all this. You'd be very surprised how quickly you can forget about that loss. You know, I, I think it's important too, that it seems like wins, it does, it's hard to keep track of big wins and little wins. Like a win, a UFC belt is a huge win, but also winning the day in the gym almost feels like it's still it's still in that win column yeah yeah it's maybe it's not quite as a heavy line as a ufc champion like that really thick like win yeah win call or a, a mark in the win column but it's still a win yep. and it still feels good and it's still something to build on mm-hmm. and it's like as long as we can have even if it's a little win that gets you start stacking those up and then the ship tar- starts to turn a little bit. And now all of a sudden you got momentum going down, down the right direction. Yeah. That's what Drew Brees always said every day. was like, just win the day. Just mm-hmm. win the day. If I win today and I put it together with tomorrow and then five days after that, and then we got a week and you put it together 30 days and you right. have a month. And, and very, sim- very simple too, when you think about getting back in the wind column, okay, I had a bad day. What can I do tomorrow? They can get back in the win column and even just making an easy to do list for yourself of things that you know you can check off mm-hmm. is a win. Because part of the reason why we fail sometimes is can we really trust ourselves? Mm-hmm. You might be slacking in this area, you might be slacking in that area, you might cut a corner over here. Right. If you can't trust yourself in the small things, God's word said, the Bible says, if you, the, oh, he who can be trusted, he who can't be trusted with the big things until you can be trusted with the small things. Right. And it's like, well, can I trust you to show up on time? Can I trust you to show up and do this, have your hair done, not right. look like a, you know, like these small little, these small little wins that you can have mm-hmm. just by, and then those things stack up mm-hmm. that turns into a, a, a big, big win. day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love it. Well, that was a great Q and a for, mm-hmm. uh, it, we're wrapping up our lift run shoot day. Oh. This isn't even the official podcast. This is a little bonus, but thank you. Let's go see, eat some elk. How Let's about eat that? Some elk. Yes, I can't wait. Thank you. All right. Thanks. Keep hammering.